Jordan, my backside. I just saw that picture right there. My backside. You know, I have a tendency to repeat myself when I speak, and it's not my greatest tendency. All right, we got a monster for you today. Timmy Doyle, our favorite betting analyst, not on OutKick, joins us. Hammer time. Boom, 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 boom. Jason Allen Hammer, a host of Hammer and Nigel, the number one midday radio show in the country, local radio show in the country, joins us. But first, Colts fans. Ravens fans, Titans fans, the new odds are out. And I want to talk about this. Lamar Jackson. I hear from so much stupid. Well, you can't get Lamar Jackson. He's only going to play half the year. What? What? Are you insane? Are you cray-cray? As my daughter says, Dad, you're being cray-cray. Dad, you're being nuts. Are you insane not to want Lamar Jackson? You've got to win with a quarterback that is E-L-I-T-E. I'll say it for you. Elite. I mean elite. And Lamar Jackson is elite. Elite. E-L, not L. Elite. So if you're the Colts, you're going to go play with Sam Ellinger? Because, well, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, he gets hurt. So what? Pay him back up. You got Nick Foles. He's been to the Super Bowl. So what? You got someone of interest on your team. So what? You become the leader in the clubhouse in your own division, which, oh, by the way, they have not won since this regime of the Teflon GM, Chris Ballard. So let me walk you through as I open up the odds today. The great Dylan Taylor comes up and he says, here's the odds. All right. We all know the Ravens are probably, probably going to get them. But here's something interesting. The Ravens are only plus 225, which puts them at 31%. I round up. The Titans. Now, this is unbelievable. If this happens, you put... Lamar Jackson with Derrick Henry on the Titans with Mike Vrabel. And as a Colts fan, I'm hot. I'm not a little hot. I am hot. Plus 400, 20%, 17% the Patriots, uh, 15% the Vikings. Now it jumps almost double to the Colts because the Teflon GM, Chris Ballard, has no satchel. There's nothing down there. There's nothing you can hold on to and go, yeah, we got some grit among us, about us, inside us, dangling from us. You got nothing. You know what he's got? A swarmy little, well, you know, arrogant southern accent where he knows everything and, you know, you guys are all stupid and I'm real smart. No! If he go, Dylan asked me today, how crazy would I be if Lamar Jackson goes to the Titans I would be insane, but I would also be like, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Our guy wants to draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Yeah, you know what? I can see what the Titans are doing there. They actually have some stones. They actually have some onions. They actually have some sack about them. Our guy, well, he wants Sam Ellinger. Our guy, well, he wants a generational guard. Our guy thinks that, well, you know, 
He didn't, he, our guy wasn't smart enough. Every other guy that I know in the NFL said this about Darius Leonard when he changed his name to Shaq. Watch, he won't play. He'll be horse bleep all year. Guess what? He doesn't play. Horse bleep all year. Now, you guys that have never been in sports, and I cannot come down to your level. I will not come down to your level. Don't understand that. Well, what does that have to do? It just does. It's like that idiot Miller cop wearing a headband in the NCAA tournament. Every guy that played understands you're a fool. Except for who? Fanboys and girls. Well, guess what? If the Titans get, if they get Lamar Jackson, they jump immediately to not only the class of the AFC South, which isn't that big a deal. People loving on Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but the jury is not out yet on that team. Jacksonville had a nice little run in a bad division. But if the Titans, ladies and gentlemen, get Lamar Jackson, it's a whole different ballgame because you've got a team that's one year removed, one year removed from being the number one seat in the AFC. You've got Derrick Henry with them. Now, their wide receiver group needs to improve and the rookie needs to get better. But still, you've got a team that can big time compete. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not going to lie to you. I would look at the lay of the land and say, all right, who do I want to play against? Where do I want to play? Do I want to play outside? Or do I want to play in the muck of Pittsburgh? Do I want to play in the muck of Baltimore? Do I want to play in the cold in Cincinnati? Or do I want to play in a dome in Indianapolis? Do I want to play in nice warm weather, maybe too warm at times, in Tennessee? Do I want to go down to Jacksonville? Do I want to go down to Texas in a dome? Do you know how fast he is on AstroTurf, as I call it? You call it field turf. I will always call it astroturf. That's the stuff I'm looking at. I'm not looking, I am not looking to play my career against mean Joe Green and the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin who's trying to break your legs. Heck, play against the Colts. They think they're, and they are finesse. Is anybody scared of that vaunted Jacksonville defense or the Titans vaunted defense or the Houston Texans vaunted defense? Of course not. All things being equal and the money being right, I got to come to the AFC South. And if it isn't Indianapolis, here's what I would do. If I were Chris Ballard, I would fire, excuse me, if I were Jim Ursay, I would fire Chris Ballard so fast your head would spin. But, but, but we, we can get Anthony Richardson. Great. You're going to fire Ballard anyway if you get Anthony Richardson. Why? Because Gardner Minshew is going to be your quarterback. And if I'm Mike Vrabel, look, things change quickly in the NFL. A year ago, number one seed. This year, what did he do? They kind of crapped the bed the second half of the season. No, they didn't kind of crap the bed. They took a big old deuce, and we'll get into deuces uh, when we get to What the Hell Wednesday. You're not going to believe the story of Hillary and Bill just trying to go to the movies, just trying to hang out, just trying to have a day. Uh, Second thing, give me five people, five people at ESPN that you would give the ax to. Give me five. And you can't include some lady, Holly Warwick, and whoever her partner was doing the Indiana, Miami of Florida uh, college basketball game, you can't include them because they were so bad, they got no shot. They're like paid $50. Hey, can you two go to Indiana? You do the game. 
a Holly Warwick, you're a good name in college basketball. Everybody knows you as a player at Tennessee. You coach some. Go down there and do it. No one's really going to notice. Um, we'll give you we'll give you a hundred bucks. You stay at the graduate. Go to Nick's, have dinner on us, have a nice time. But they were so bad in that game. So give me five people that you would get rid of at ESPN. I'll give you one. Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins adds nothing. Now, remember, you better have a white guy in there. If you don't have a white guy in there, you're going to be some kind of ist. But give me five. I'll get rid of Sal Pal. Sal Pal's probably making good money, but Sal Pal comes on and ain't nothing there anymore. There's nothing there. I mean, remember, everybody is fair game. I got to tell you, I got to let Mort go. I got to let Mort go. I'm sorry, I, I got to. I got to let Mort. I can't have Mort. You guys can have Mort. I, I've had enough Mort. I have. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, some of these guys are my friends, so I am not going to let them go. Damian Woody, out of here. Remember now, I've got two white guys already. I do. Don't get mad at me. So I, you got to do it. You got to do it or else you're a racist. You can't treat everybody equal. You can't treat everybody based on merit. You have to make sure that you treat people differently, according to ESPN, based on the color of their skin. You have to. It's what they do. Look at Twitter. Say whatever you want. So anyway, I got Sal Pal. I love him. Uh, Pretty inconsequential. Mort, I'm sorry. Mort, you know what? You're great. Uh, ESPN should have no, no, no sense of dread or no sense of guilt. You carried Mort through for a long, long time. It's time for Mort to go. Damian Woody, there's just nothing there. There really, there's just nothing there. There's nothing we can do for you. Uh, you don't have anything going on. Uh, Perkins, you're a racist, and we got a we got a chance here at ESPN to take your network back and make it about sports doesn't have to be about race. doesn't have to be about every little social media. And then I got to get rid of L. Duncan. Uh, L. Duncan is a little bit too important for ESPN. And again, I'm taking the network back. I'm taking the network back because, frankly, it's gone crazy, stupid, woke. We let L. Duncan cut in the games. Not sure why. It's not what the executive wanted, but they have given it, and now it's their opportunity to take it back. So, L. Duncan, you got to go. You took your, I know, I know a woman, I don't know, you know, uh, of color, I guess. I'm sure Elf, whatever she needs to be, she is. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. I've not seen her but three times in my life. But you got to get rid of her. Because this is about making it about sports again. This is not about coming onto the screen and mischaracterizing a bill in Florida calling it the don't say gay bill, which is not what it's called, which is not what it's about, but she did it. You stayed with her. Nobody would fault you. You're putting it out there for all to see that you're making these cuts. And the reason you're making the cuts is because you want to take the network back. I don't think this, I know this as fact. I would take some of, if not all of the money I just cut there and I would move it to Pat McAfee because let's be honest, you got Desmond Howard there who apparently decided he's going to be a racist, which nobody's surprised. You got Herbie there. You got that guy Pollock there. And you got the coach, Lee Corso. It's a terrible set. It's a bad set. And McAfee came in, and he saved the entire deal. 
and guys at ESPN know it. Like, people think everything happens in a vacuum. Like, when I left ESPN, I didn't still have friends there. I didn't still have friends in management. I used to walk, sit in guys' office. I don't say their names uh, on here, the ones that I'm really close to. But, hey, they want to get their network back, and they know McAfee saved college game day. Just think about the set. Desmond Howard hasn't said anything interesting ever, except, you know, he, he, he whined on a plane about Caucasians. How very Caucasian of you or Caucasoid or whatever racist thing that he said. I would fire him just because. I don't need racists in my organization. Well, black folks can't be racist. You say, the hell they can't. Everybody can be racist. I judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But that set is awful. That set is dull. That set is played. You got to find a coach in there. They got hurt because, well, Urban Meyer uh, went to Fox. He was great. It's the best part of college basketball or college football in the morning, Urban Meyer segment. You got to find somebody and McAfee's your guy. But those are my five cuts just off the top of my head. Remember, I put white guys in there. I did. I mean, I can go all white guys. I can go all African-American, whatever you want, but I put them in there. So I'm curious who your cuts are. Who are you cutting? What are you cutting? Who, what, where? Now, remember, it's not only talent that's going to get cut. A lot of these slobs that are in little less than high management making 400K are going to get the axe. When ESPN axed my late friend Barry Sachs, uh, it told me they have no soul, no heart, and no commitment to the past. Barry Sachs is one of the originals at ESPN. God rest his soul. When they cut him, all bets are off. So anyway, there you go. That's my five. It's a lame five. A lot of you are going to say, hey, look, I don't even know who Sal Pal is. Who are you talking about when you say Mort? Well, you're right. You don't see Mort much, but he needs to go. That would hurt Jimmy Ursay because Jimmy Ursay, the owner of the Colts, that's Mort's conduit. Polian, we run to Mort. We got to know Mort. <laughs> and I'd cut every one of those college basketball announcers that never coached. I'd say, hey, you guys are all great. You guys are all great. If you haven't coached, you got to go. I'm sorry, you got to go. Well, what about he's got to go? Because they don't add anything. You think they add something until you compare it. You compare looking and watching a guy that's coached. Like Paul Biancardi the other day is so much better than any guy on your screen. I don't care who it is. You can talk about Billis or Hummel or anything. Paul Biancardi was so much better. Not even close. So I'm getting rid of anybody that hasn't coached, period. Just what I'm doing. Let me use those guys. Let me use the guys that played. I, they can be sideline reporters, but I'm getting rid of them. You're paying them too much money for, in, for information that isn't interesting, that doesn't move the needle. And I'm going to, uh, excuse me, and I'm going, uh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm going to start paying guys that actually perform. Hey, let's make sure we tweet it out and put it on my Twitter. I'm going to pay guys, oh, there it is, that actually perform. That's what I'm going to do. You got to be good. I'm putting merit base. We're going to have a panel. I'm going to have a panel and we're going to evaluate every month. Uh, no, you guys stink. Get out. That's what I'm doing. I'm playing offense. ESPN, I'll never forget when I went there, they gave me this monster contract more than I ever made. I hadn't done a game. 
Not one single game. Now, I turned out to be the best they ever had at ESPN. I turned out to be a godsend to them. I turned out to making Tuesday nights with Tarico or O'Brien or Dave Fleming the must-see college basketball game. And then, of course, Saturday's Big Tens were off the charts, so they got lucky, Dan Steer. But they hire these clowns that have no experience. They hire them only to check boxes, and they're terrible. Now, most people don't tune in for the announcers, so maybe I'm misguided. But if they don't, then I'm not paying announcers. I'll give you a couple grand a game. You do what the Big Ten Network does. I'll give you $1,500 a game. We'll pay for your flight. We'll give you a per diem, and that's it. They were paying me like nine grand a game. That's right. Every time you saw me, I'll give you the numbers. It's about nine grand for 52 events. Now, you can do the numbers on that. I don't know, but that's pretty daggone good for part-time work. Uh, my agent was smart enough to get first-class travel. That's pretty good for part-time work. It is. And then they were smart. As it went on and they started dropping guys then the numbers went down. But that's what I that's what my second contract was. I think it was eight grand. Eight grand. Eight grand in appearance. My last year there it was five grand. ESPN started getting smart. So what I'm telling you is real. And that's what you do. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm ready to fire people. So give me your five. Give me the five that you think you want cut. And I don't look, here's the deal. If you're going to cut people, you got to replace them. Or do you? I only keep, I trim the fat. I keep the ones that we really want. And I'm not sweating anything else. Well, you can't cut Sal Pelt. No, I can cut anybody I want. I mean, and Big Ten Network, they're smart. They say, look, we're going to hire every Purdue guy. And you guys come in and we're going to be fine. Willis Reed passed away. Willis Reed was before my time. I remember Willis Reed. My grandfather, uh, the late Pete Dockett, who I didn't really know. Um, I remember going to his house in Gary, Indiana. The house was a double-decker. My cousins lived below. Uh, My grandfather and grandmother lived up top. It was a double-decker this way uh, on about 3rd and Polk in Gary. Go there sometime. You want to see something? And we would go there and we would hang out. I remember the Knickerbockers were on my television. The New York Knicks. And I remember the name Willis Reed. Now, I'm talking about 19, I'd probably seven or eight. So 1970. And I always liked Willis Reed, but I didn't see Willis Reed. I didn't know Willis Reed. Everybody says he's the greatest leader of all time. I would digress and say, well, Michael Jordan was a pretty good leader. Isaiah Thomas was a pretty good leader. So at the end of the day, yes, Willis Reed had a great moment. Yes, Willis Reed was great in New York City. Yes, uh, Willis Reed brought the Knicks into the national forefront. But don't give me the crap that he's the greatest leader of all time. He had a thigh bruise. He came out and played. That thigh would have cost LeBron James a month. That thigh would have made John Morant go into a club with not one but two guns. That thigh would have made Paul Pierce get a uh, wheelchair. But Willis Reed came back and played, and he was a freaking stud. See, the greatest captain of all time, like Greenberg said, of course not. Stop it. But he was a great player, by all accounts, a great guy. He actually went to go coach, uh, I think it was Creighton. Didn't go so well. Great player, struggled to understand, uh, folks. But uh, Willis Reed, rest in peace. Timmy Doyle is from New York. Timmy Doyle is New York. Timmy Doyle is putting makeup on right now because, well, frankly, Timmy Doyle 
is a professional. You see him, you know him, you love him all over the CBS variety. He should be. Wally Zerbiak should be out. Tim Doyle should be in. Uh, Zerbiak adds nothing. Doyle adds everything, as you're about to find out right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Chicago Joe. Go follow at Chicago Joe if you want to see an amazing story on Twitter. Chicago Joe's dad, the great Timmy Doyle. (sighs) Appreciate the introduction. Uh, It's funny, Wally Zerbiak and I grew up in the same area. We're both from Long Island. Now, he's from what some would deem, Dan, the right side of the tracks, and me and my brothers sure. were from the wrong side of the tracks. And I don't know if it was just uh, a rivalry or we were just jealous that he had like a lawn and stuff, but uh, we used to play in the same uh, beer league slash summer league on Long Island, and we never beat him. This is when he, well, he's every year, he's an NBA All-Star. We never beat him, but we played them five times in only one game fulfilled the entire 40 minutes. The other four games ended in fisticuffs. Now, this is 20 years later. He still sees my brothers on Long Island. and I work with Wally at CBS. He will not say hello to them. So I kind of respect that he's still kind of angry from the old summer league days. Oh, that, that, that's the best, right? He's still got a chip on it. Like, the dude, I beat him at Bowling Green, and we should the year he went to the Sweet 16, we had him beaten. I don't even want to get started. I almost got fired uh, for what I called the commissioner of the Mid-American Conference based on a uh, oh, you got call. cheated? Anyway. You got cheated in that game? Yeah, you got cheated? Let's go. Let's hear a therapy session. I, I want to hear it. We're up one. 28 seconds to go and got the ball. My, my guard is coming down the court. All right? I'm over here telling my kid Anthony Stacy what I want him to do to get the ball. Referee goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten count. It's on tape, ten count. My guard is bringing it up. Now it's my guard's fault, but we see it on tape. He goes to eight, ten count. And I look up there, and it wasn't ten on the shot clock. Right, the so shot clock would score. tell you. The shot clock, that's an easy fix because the shot clock would tell you right away, right? Yes. So I, I'm hot, right? I go back and watch, and I bring the head of referees, and the commissioner, I was so crazy, the commissioner came to my office, and I said, here it is. Here it is, right here. Watch his arm. Eight, ten. The guy got fired. I don't think he's ever refed again, truthfully. But anyway, I digress. You talk about I, know, I always think, later, I always think it's funny. I love basketball players. I love any athletes because you can recall stuff from 20 years ago, but then you have no idea what your neighbor's name is. Like, you're like, hey, what do you say there, Bob? The guy's name is Jim. Like, you have no clue what his name is. You've lived next door to him for 20 years. I don't know any of my neighbor's names, but like, except for the ones I like, obviously. But you can recall a play. That's amazing. Hey, by the way, speaking of neighbors, your neighbor, screw Alec Pierce, his brother in Princeton. Um, I w- I've watched them in the Ivy League tournament. I watched them beat Yale at Yale, and then I've watched them here. You all, you all in on Princeton? I mean, how could you not be all in on Princeton? I think it's the last pure thing left in college basketball. You know, Caden Pierce you're talking about, Alex's brother, Alec Pierce, the wide receiver for the Colts. You know, he pays full tuition to go to Princeton, $78,000 a year. And, uh, you know, Northwestern's going to have an interesting dilemma on its hands with its two guards. Chase Ardige might be National Defensive Player of the Year, and Boo Booey 
Those guys can come back for another year. You know what they're doing? Share me the money. Share me the money. So, um, you know, Princeton guys are paying to go to college. So this is like old school. Um, and a lot of people still have that kind of old school mentality towards the NCAA. It's a new brand of basketball these days. But Cade's an amazing kid. He had 16 rebounds and nine points at Princeton's win over Missouri. They're getting nine, nine points, 10 points against Creighton. Here's the deal with Creighton. Game number one against NC State, they were awful. They were amazing against Baylor. Which Creighton team shows up? That's hard for me to predict. I think that's too many points. I like the underdog in this spot. But Cade's an amazing kid. He has a great relationship with my son, Chicago Joe. Sent him a video before my son's uh, spine surgery. My boy has been on his back now for 50 days in a body brace. And being able to escape to watch the Princeton games, watch you know Northwestern play two games. Uh, I, I ended up staying home for the first week of the tournament and not working. I worked from home because I wanted to be close to my family. But uh, having that escape with uh, Cade's been amazing. And then texting him in between games, Dan, list this. So they beat Missouri. They go to the Sweet 16. The next day, I text him because I, I, they call me Uncle Timmy because it's scary to think that I'm mentoring young, younger generations. So I text him the next day a gif of Will Ferrell from old school saying, I'm streaking. I'm like, how wild is it at Princeton? Kane texts me back. He goes, I'm doing homework. I go, that's the most depressing text I've ever gotten in my whole life. You're doing. I would have had my shirt off on top of a bar somewhere, but that's the difference between him and I. So I try to give him a little bit of my Uncle Timmy because he's such a great kid. I'm like, buddy, you got to play with that edge. But yeah, they've been a great story. Been fun to watch. When you when when you look at betting that game, let's just take that game because you know Princeton is good. Like dudes are making spin moves down the lane. This isn't like you know uh, a bunch of guys that are whipping the ball around and hoping to make 17 threes in a game. How do you bet that game? Yeah, you know, I, I I was rooting for – I didn't know who to root for in the Creighton-Baylor game. You know, I, I think Creighton is really smart from an offensive standpoint. Obviously, Greg McDermott knows what he's doing. They, you know, they always shoot like close 50%. They always have guys that can make shots. Baylor, I thought, was better defensively, more athletes. So I didn't really know who was the better matchup. Uh, Creighton has better players, right? So at the end of the day, right, it comes down to who the better players are. But – the way everyone shoots the three now, Dan, and in the tournament, teams are shooting around 31%, the last graphic I saw from three, that if Creighton has a game where they go four for 24 and Princeton has a game where they go nine for 21, well, then Princeton's going to win. So it's almost like I can't – this is one of those games that I can't really be like, well, that, you know, the, I think Creighton's better. I think they have better players. But you're right about Princeton. Princeton out-rebound the Missouri. Princeton blocked more shots than Arizona. Uh, Mitch Henderson, their head coach, was my assistant at Northwestern. And I used to see him at bars. Like, I was 24 my last year at Northwestern, so I would be out in the city. Obviously, Dan and I used to run the streets together in our younger days. But I would see him at the bar, and then he would come up to me, and he goes, you know, technically I have to leave. And I, I go, you do whatever you want. You know what I'm doing here. So either you're going to leave or you're going to stay. I'm not leaving. So he was my assistant coach at Northwestern. Hence, that's how Cade ended up there at Princeton playing for him, but he's kind of abandoned that offense. And his center, Tosan Aroma, is like a mini Giannis. So they put the ball in his hands. Now he's going to bring Colt Brenner out on the perimeter, the seven foot one star center for Creighton. He's going to be guarding in no man's land. So I think we're going to see a ton of handoffs. Now you get into a handoff game, 
with a center who's in drop coverage, whoever's going to be taking that handoff, that guy has to have a good night or those guys have to have a good night because he he's going to be sagging off because he normally doesn't play out on the perimeter. So I think it's going to be an interesting chess match. That's why I expect a competitive game. I think the spread should be like four and a half, ten. I think it's just way too many points. For those of you, and I know there's a lot of Indiana fans watching right now, just think about uh, Hood Shafino against Purdue at Purdue for what Timmy is talking about. Ball screen, drop coverage in the lane, big guy. And Shafino hit every freaking shot. And Indiana goes there and wins is exactly what Tim is talking about. You, you can use that game as the barometer. All right. Are you buying Izzo? Are you buying Izzo's team minus two against – man, Jerome Tang has done an unbelievable job at K-State. Yeah, Jerome Tang gives those, like, uh, Matthew McConaughey, like, Wolf of Wall Street, like, vibes. All right? He's like, mm-hmm, Like, you see the locker room where everybody's mm-hmm, <laughs> Like, everyone's down to their chest. Like, uh, uh, what are your numbers at? We got to get those numbers up a little bit. Uh, yeah, there's a – K-State plays with a vibe, you know? I thought Kentucky was better, but Noel was better in that game. And, and that's sports. Like, the kid had a fantastic game. If you, have, if you don't know who he is, Marquise Noel, he's five foot eight, 100 and nothing. Ooh. He's got a little Rudy, little Rudy vibe to him, but he played awesome. If he plays that same way, they're going to win. You give Tom Izzo five days to prepare for one superstar player, that's why Michigan State is favorite. You know, Gene Katie came to my wedding, gave me a cash gift. I think it was like 500. I did not invite you, but Gene came. That, that, that hair was actually extensions that he clipped on, that he whipped over. I found that out later after a few makers' marks. But the best advice he ever gave me was, doesn't matter who you play, it's when you play them. And I watched Michigan State get embarrassed by Notre Dame. You know, what's Notre Dame doing right now? One, two, three, Cancun. But that game, Michigan State had some adversity off the floor. They had a star player's friend um, that was murdered. The team was in a bad place. Like, so, so much matters of, of what's going on inside of a locker room. That is something when I'm gambling, Dan, I, I take into account. You know, like, I'm always trying to figure out, like, well, they've just lost three straight. That guy's up, his minutes are going down. Like, that stuff all matters because I've sat in those locker rooms. I think so many people who do what I do in my space of gambling. They go, well, last seven Thursdays, this team is 7-0. and It's like, come on. Like, right. if you're gambling like that, honestly, like, it's you're going to lose in the long run. You're probably going to lose anyway. Right. But let's kind of start diving into some more X's and O's and actually, like, let's look at basketball. Let's look at a team. Uh, the way Michigan State's going right now, and you're going to give Tom Izzo four or five days to prepare for no- Noel, uh, I would only take Michigan State in this game. Yeah, me too. And I had a chance to talk to him the other day, and he he's always said, I've talked to him a lot this year for whatever the reason, he's always liked this team. I'm sending you a, uh, a streak, an NCAA tournament gambling guide that's currently 17-4. and four. Uh, You'll get it in a text here in a minute. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll explain it to you. I'll explain it to you right now, actually. A bunch of rich dudes, they call themselves the Secret Society. They, at halftime, at halftime of NCAA tournament games, bet the game, not the team, not the half, the game under. Yeah. The game under. 17-4. and Uh, Is UCLA and Gonzaga the game of the weekend? 
Yeah, I mean, I think every idiot like myself had that in the bracket. Right? I mean, I do have three of my four teams standing for the final four. But literally every idiot had uh, TCU. I'm sorry, Gonzaga playing UCLA. I, I tried to pick TCU just because I was like, I know how sports is. Whatever you expect a matchup, like you're not going to get it. But we did get it here. Um, I love UCLA. I just think that they have a culture. Jaime Jaquez, I don't understand the facial hair. It's almost like he's like a sword swallower. So like, hello, I'm Jaime Jaquez. I do bar mitzvahs. I do birthdays. Like, I don't know. Who has the mustache, not the connection, and then just the 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 flavor saver there? Like, I don't know what's going on with the facial. I would prefer the whole beard or just the traditional goatee. I see him. I feel like he needs to have like a little puppet, like he's a ventriloquist or something. But the guy's awesome. He's strong. He's physical. He understands how to use his body. He plays like it's 1984, and that's a compliment because. If you know how to play and you understand angles and you can change speed, it, it doesn't matter how high you jump or how fast you run. He has that old school to him. And Mick Cronin, when they hired Mick Cronin, everyone's like, oh, Mick Cronin, this guy. Like, guy coaches defense. He takes no BS. He has a culture there. He's got guys that have been on the team that obviously went to a Final Four with Haquez and Tiger Campbell. I trust UCLA. I've seen this Gonzaga movie, right? It's like every single – they're going to lose. I'll tell you, this, they're not winning the national championship. So they're going to lose at some point. I love the fact that they get a chance to play, you know, the blue blood of the West Coast there in UCLA because all these years they've been chasing, you know, that stigma of being a little school. So they get a chance to play the big boys. Uh, their center is not at 100% UCLA. And obviously Drew Timmy is, you know, they see him right there. He's an awesome college player. I don't know what – much of a pro he's going to be, but he's an awesome college player. And I heard, Dan, he's making over a million dollars this year playing for Gonzaga. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm for everyone, man. I, I'm for, look, uh, Indiana, keep Jalen Hood, Shafino, give him another 100000 100, Hey, look, Trace Jackson Davis, play another year. Give him another two hundred grand. Yeah, I'm, hey, look, I don't care. I, 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 I cared too I, I, I much think, when I coached. I, I, I don't care. I think Trace Jackson Davis might be looking at this, or he might be looking at this. Uh, 200000 You might be a half a million short, my friend. Oh, no, no. You didn't listen to me. I said another 200000 I didn't say 200000 I said another. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly. I know exactly what these guys are making. Uh, at Indiana. Indiana wears my ass out. Indiana's lost 26 games in two years, 19 in the Big Ten, and we sit here and act like we've done something. It drives me nuts. Uh, but anyway, and I digress. I don't want to get What is for you? Because you do NBA games, you do college games. What's easier to bet? I think it's college, just because the, you know, <laughs> you get... NBA is like, you could be up eight one quarter and down 14 one quarter, and you're like, what the hell yeah. just happened? So I just think because of the short, sh shorter shot clock, the more possessions, right? You get into a college game, you're up eight with four minutes left. You can just salt that game away. I think it's awful, and I don't know if I brought this to your attention. I think basketball is awful. I think the finish of basketball games is horrible. I think that the game needs to evolve. And at the five-minute mark of a college game, let's give an example here. If Creighton is up 60 to 58, uh, you, you play to 70. And whoever gets to 70 first, the, the, you, you win the game. Right, college players score 10 points. 
Like, uh, I, I know they go, oh, well, the TV networks. Well, you got idiots like you and I that can fill for 12 minutes. We can interview a coach. We could throw it to the studio. Like, I, I and the spread, you know, a couple of years, the NBA All-Star game has tried this. It's gone down to the last shot. And the total has gone down to the last shot. So the guys who make the lines, they're going to figure it out. There might be some adjustment period. But I think basketball has to evolve. By the way, when we all grew up and played, our mom didn't to go, all right, guys, you guys got 12 minutes to play. It's like, no, no, no. You play the seven <laughs> and whoever gets seven first. Like, by the way, that would create, and this is what I would love in the NBA model, right? Right after the third quarter, you played at 24 points. Every game, you would have a game winning shot. Every game, you would have, say, the Pacers are down six, but you're playing to a, a certain number. You got the crowd into defense. I think it changes the entertainment value of basketball where it's a six point game in the fourth quarter. Somebody's like eating a hot dog. An old lady is sleeping. Like you create an energy there because you're playing to a target number. Uh, I think it has to happen at the NBA, the WNBA college basketball, women's college basketball. I think it's an absolute must as basketball. The game evolves. Yeah. It's called the Elam ending. I, you know what? You would love this I, in the TBT. I call, I've called those games since the beginning. And as soon as you do that, I don't know when they do it. Like, I think they do it with two minutes left or three minutes, for whatever they yeah, do. Yeah, you they call the game. So do you know when they do it? You freaking call the games. Don't you know it? Yeah, I think it's the four-minute mark. They <laughs> It's, hey, I got a lot going on, pal. Uh, it's once a summer. But you can feel the tension in the building. Like, you can feel it. Like, like you can feel it on both the defense, the offense, you can, and I'll tell you something else, uh, Tim. It stops that dreadful walking from one end to the other. And here's a thing: since we're bitching about, I'm so tired of seeing an F, I'm so tired of seeing a referee's ass at the scores table for like ten freaking times in the last three minutes of a game. Enough, enough with referees' asses at the scores table. Put Eat at Joe's. Put Tim Doyle on their ass. Let's do some advertising. Yeah, a good point. Yeah, let's get like some uh, beef jerky back there in the back of their jersey. I was texting with Wally Zerbia, getting back to Wally about this, and I go, "You got to get behind this movement with me about the, the, you know, the target score." I don't know if I really want to give Elam credit for this, but I know that's his thing. So he goes, "Can't do it." What are you talking about? He said, "He what do you whoa 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 whoa." Don't be jealous. He set the whole thing up. What do you mean you're not giving Nick Elam credit? He did it. He set the thing up. I've talked Don't to act Nick like Elam. you came in here with this great idea. You just stole his idea. idea and don't want to give him credit. You're crazy. It was totally his idea. That might be true. So I, I texted it this true. to Wally. It is true, 100%. And he goes, can't do it. Record books would have to be torched. And I go, who cares about record books? I go, old people care. And, uh, and then he called me a liberal. And then we had a, then we went back and forth. Hey, so let me, look, <laughs> let me explain something to you. I'm old. I don't basketball. Name me to who the, what's the number of the all time most points. What's the number? Nobody knows that crap. I'll tell you one record. We know hundred points in a game. Somebody goes to 101. I'll know that record. Other than that, Nobody cares about record. Yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm happy NBA. to see. I'm happy to. See, I'm happy to see that because of your experience with TBT. You know, I have to watch the NBA every night, and I've learned to to love the NBA because the talent level, maybe not the people, but the talent level, of the guys in the court, is unbelievable. Yeah. But 
so many games end with a guy shooting a three and then the foul. It's so anticlimactic when when you watch the TBT or when you're involved with the Elam ending or target score, it creates such a different environment. By the way, we'd be having so many oh, more God. magical moments. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't really come here to stand on my soapbox, but I appreciate you agreeing with me that basketball needs to change and evolve. Last thing, speaking of changing, you went to St. John's, uh, Patino St. John's. I think he's going to win everything. I don't need, I don't need my morality from basketball coaches or from freaking presidents. I don't need morality from them. Patino, do your magic, win an NCAA title, drop the bag at half court, and walk away. Uh, Mike Rapoli is a St. John's grad. I played at St. John's for a year. You know what my stats were there, Dan? Did you ever look them up? No. They were uh, 30, 30, and 30. That's what I told my my son. He goes, wow, you averaged 30 points, yeah, okay. 30 rebounds, and 30 assists. I went, nah, nah, nah. If we were up by 30 or down by 30, I got in for like 30 seconds. And he goes, oh. So it wasn't much of a playing career there at St. John's. But Mike Rapoli is a St. John's grad. He created vitamin water. He's a billionaire. Okay? He gets behind this program. This is going to be an amazing test for what money can do to a program because my vision is that they're going to go out and pay everybody, right? Now, you've been in those locker rooms. That guy's getting X. That guy's getting Y. There could be some friction there. It doesn't necessarily translate on a basketball court, but this is going to be an amazing chemistry experience that we are going to watch because St. John's going to spend a lot of money, and they're going to bring in a lot of guys, but teams win. And you got to have everyone buying in. You, you gotta, the best player doesn't win every year in college basketball, right? The best team wins. So um, he's won everywhere he's went, Rick. He's won at Iona. You know, he's won at Louisville, Kentucky. We all know his resume. Um, but this is going to be fascinating because I really think St. John's is going to spend a lot of money. They're going to be playing at the Garden. They're going to be a national team again. Will it translate to a national championship? I have my serious doubts. Yeah, I mean, national championship's hard, but, man, Good for them. Timmy, thanks, my friend. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, Best of Chicago, Joe, my friend. Thanks, Dan. Good seeing you. Love that man. Love Timmy Doyle. Drove two hours to come to my dad's funeral. Stood in line. Now, he likes the name drop, and I see him still on the thing, so I'll say it with him listening. He likes the name drop. You see what he did? He doesn't know Gene Cady, but he invited Gene Cady because he's Gene Cady. I know what he does. See what he did there? I see him. Well, Gene Cady came to my wedding. I didn't invite you. Oh, I didn't ask for that. But Gene Cady came. And then he's got to throw a shot at Gene Cady while he clipped on his hair. Honest to God. So he uses Cady. I see you, Doyle. He uses Cady as a name drop, and then he rips Cady. If that ain't New York City, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Did you notice that, people? You know, I think I was trying to get Gene to evolve a little bit with the hair. You know what I mean? Like, there comes a point. I don't want to name names, okay, yourself, that you come to, you come, like, Thelma and Louise, like, what did they do? They drove off the cliff. Like, you eventually, you do as much as you can. You got dust flying everywhere. Like, you try to hold on to that hair. You hold on like Wilson Phillips. But at the end of the day, you got to go off the cliff and you got to, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you had, I had to come home. About five miles <laughs> of wine, COVID, I had, to, I had to come home. <laughs> See you, brother. We'll be right back. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, my list, uh, Perkins, gone at ESPN. Sal Pal, gone at ESPN. Mart, gone at ESPN. Damian Woody, gone at ESPN. L. Duncan, gone at ESPN. And Todd McShay, gone at – we don't need two. We don't need McShay and uh, what's it called? No. Uh, Myron Medcalf, gone at ESPN. Brian Custer, gone at ESPN. These are nondescript people. Every hoops analyst not named Fran Fraschilla, LaFonso Ellis, I don't want LaFonso gone, uh, Seth Greenberg, Paul Biancardi, Derek Jones, play-by-play guy, young guy, terrific with Biancardi. You keep them. But every other hoops analyst that did not pl- uh, coach, gone. It's my list. Robbie Hummel, he's great. He's fantastic. Gone. Billis, gone. I'm saving money here. You think we're not going to watch a Duke-North Carolina game if Dick Vitale goes back to doing the game? You think we're not going to watch that? We think we're not going to watch Maui if Vitale goes back to doing it? You crazy? You think anybody tunes in because Billis is doing the game? Only people at ESPN that people tuned in to do a game were me and Vitale. That's it to tune into and announce. That's it. You say whatever you want. No one's tuning in. Well, you know, uh, Hummel's doing the game tonight. We got to watch. Oh, you know, Billis is doing. No, you turn on a big game and you get these guys. Gone. Guys making money. Gone. It's easy. Gone. Be gone. And I like those guys. Uh, I like them a lot. But I'm cutting. I'm not messing around here. You think Dominic Foxworthy adds anything? Gone. He checks boxes. You think uh, what are those, what are those writer guy that 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 lady uh, that interrupts everybody? Martin gone. Perkins gone. Just saying. I mean, you guys can uh, you guys can do whatever you'd like, but they gone. I'm telling you, they gone. And go put yourself on the market. Others will others will hire you. It's not like they won't. All right. Uh, news of the day, Kim English is going to be the new head coach at Providence. That's good. Kim English did a nice job at George Mason. Kim English, a terrific player at Missouri, uh, by all accounts, a pretty good dude and a pretty good coach. So he becomes the head coach of the Providence Friars, F-R-I-A-R-S. Uh, Kim English, by all, like I said, by all accounts, a good dude. Uh, George Mason had a good program. And he's done a nice job. Speaking of coaching hires, Iona, I got to get this guy on our show, has hired FDU's Tobin Anderson as a new head coach, replacing Rick Patino. Now, you know Tobin Anderson. Tobin Anderson's the guy that took FDU over P-U-R-D-U-E. Uh, don't hit me with per don't. That's just stupid. Be better. If you're going to be a contributor to this show, then you got to be better than saying per don't. Come on, people. Smarten up here. Be better.
But Tobin Anderson made it fun. Tobin Anderson's team played hard. Tobin Anderson uh, got beat by a better team. He really did in Florida Atlantic. You heard Dusty May yesterday, but good for Tobin Anderson, man. Well-known in the East, well-known as a guy's guy, five-star guy, which is a camp. People like him, and away you go. Uh, Enough, Mike Trout. Enough. I don't care. I could do a whole segment on this. I should do a whole segment on this. Did you see? Did you see last night? Mike Trout comes up against his teammate, Solskjaer Otani. All right? So what does Otani do? Otani strikes him out. Look, and then I got people saying, well, you know, you don't know nothing about baseball. I'm in two Hall of Fames in baseball. I was a better baseball player than basketball player. Uh, had all kind of scouts at games, and back in the day, I wasn't smart enough to do what Danny Ainge did. I wasn't that smart. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to play baseball or basketball at Indiana. Stupid. The Braves are like, look, we'll give you some money to sign. I didn't listen. Yeah, I didn't listen. I was stupid. Then another guy came to my game. I had two home runs, one over a house and left, and he said I had a slow bat. I'm like, all right, okay, I got a slow bat. So I figured, you know what, I'll go to Indiana. I'll become the next starting forward for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Didn't happen. Next thing you know, I'm doing a show in my basement. (laughs) But enough, Mike Trout. Baseball, you got to come through in the big moments. You know the name Chris Chavlis. Boom, against the Royals. We all know Mr. October. I mean, damn, Madison Bumgarner, what did he make his bones doing? You guys are insane. Every time I see Jose Altuve, all he does is get hits in big situations. Mike Trout hasn't done squat. Yes, his numbers are better than Mickey Mantle. And yes, in baseball, numbers matter. But you know what matters more? Legacy. Oh, good, Mike Trout. You can be Andre Dawson. Hey, you can be Ken Griffey. People love Ken Griffey. They think he's the greatest of all time. Ken Griffey played in a few playoffs, had some epic runs late in the season, but Ken Griffey is not remembered for anything other than being the kid, having his hat backwards, and, of course, bringing fun to the game. Great. Yay, Rock. Go fight. Win. You got to come through in big moments. He had a big moment last night against Otani, and he got overmatched. Otani may be the greatest athlete ever. I mean, I know we all love Bo Jackson. Yay, Rod, go fight, win. But what Otani is doing in baseball is insane. He can fly down the first baseline. He throws the ball 100 miles an hour, and he hit home runs better than anybody in the league. And Mike Trout, my backs. I'm so tired of hearing about Mike Trout. Mike Trout this, Mike Trout that. Hey, Otani showed up big last night. Otani came in, ran out, came in. Whap, 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 whap. Sit down, Mike Trout. Oh, he's the greatest player ever. You don't understand baseball. Yeah, I understand big moments. Help Brian Doyle look it up. Brian Doyle has had bigger moments. Jim Laritz, who's been on this show, has had bigger moments than Mike Trout. Mike Trout, there was no question in my mind that Mike Trout was going to strike out. Seriously. I don't know why. When he couldn't catch up to a fastball down the middle of the plate, I looked at Lee and we're like, wow. Number one, how good is Otani? And number two, Mike Trout, my rear end. Well, his numbers, man. You don't understand his war. You don't understand his whip. You don't understand baseball. No, I understand baseball. You understand numbers. I understand baseball. Jeez. Honest to God. It's like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you, like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. 
Guys are like, hey, look, I grew up, I grew up listening to baseball on the radio. Guys grew up knowing their team. It's unbelievable to me. Mike Trout. Hey, I'm sure he's great. Seems like a nice guy. Great story. Yay, Ra. Go fight, win. I'm tired of having to hear about Mike Trout. I've had enough. I have had enough. Right, right. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper put on a show last year. Put on a show in the playoffs. Hell, this guy can't even get to the playoffs. And he plays with the greatest player of our generation maybe ever, ever. Oh, you see I'm loud here? See I'm screaming here? Because I've had enough. Well, Mike Trout, who's the greatest player in baseball? Mike Trout. Mike Trout's the greatest player. How come I never see him in the playoffs? Well, it's a team game. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, how come when it came time last night, that's his World Series moment, he crapped the bed? Well, you don't understand, but you're right. You're right. 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 Uh, Americans lost confidence in scientists after a scientific journal, Nature, endorsed Joe Biden. So here's the deal. Nature endorsed Joe Biden in the presidential election. A survey finds that viewing the endorsement did not change people's views of the candidate, but caused some to lose confidence in nature and U.S. scientists in general. Of course, we all know that these folks are bought and paid for. Look, when's the last time you turned on your television, watched something, and every second ad hasn't been a pharmaceutical company? We've lost confidence in pharmaceuticals. We've lost uh, confidence in the scientists that make pharmaceuticals. We've lost confidence in everything because you're all bought and sold for. There is no human being alive that looking at the scientific data could have confidence in what they are espousing. All right? Nothing. There's the rise of scientific racism. This is this thing, nature. This is what this scientific journal, Nature, produced. Listen to this. Racism, Racism is magnifying the deadly impact of rising city heat. Racism and prostate cancer, a multi-layered issue. This is what this nature, this is what scientists, science is promoting. Computer science has racist problems. The rise of scientific racism in paleoanthropology. The systematic racists that exist in lax cells were taken. When lax cells were taken, still exist today. This is the stupidity. Science is fact-based. And this is, well, racism. Uh, Dockets is wearing a Just Add Water shirt. The owner is white. Racist. Dockets is wearing a color that's not black enough, according to Joe Biden. It's gray. Hey, if you wear that color, you ain't black enough. People are insane. I cannot believe that anybody voted for this an idiot. I, I just, I have a hard time. I love you peoples. I think you're great. Who are you people, man? You're saying you're people. That's racist. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. What else? Kyrie Irving thinks the media is being too judgmental when it comes to covering John Morant and his recent stretch. Yeah, well, they're being racist, Kyrie. And you're a stone idiot. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kyrie Irving uh, isn't saying because you can't. 
you can't actually say, hey, look, John Morant's acting like an idiot. I'd like to help him. I'd like to, you know, no, it's the media's fault. I believe any hardship in life builds character. When you're dealing with particular hardships in the public eye, especially with the media being attracted to just keeping up with what we're doing or what's the next kind of grab story. Look, the idiot, both of these idiots, when NBA players speak, I listen to what I used to tell my kids when their mother spoke. What do you hear when you hear mommy talk? Blah, 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 blah. Yes, Kyrie, please, you genius, you flat earth, ridiculous, anti-Semitic piece of crap. Yes, educate us all, Kyrie, because you can put a ball through a hoop. You are deep. You are smart. You're about as shallow as a freaking kiddie pool. But yes, Kyrie, educate all of us on the 23-year-old superstar trying to be something he's not with his daddy right there by his side acting like a complete Dumbass. Yes, Kyrie, please, God, help us. Cam Newton threw at a pro game. Ain't 32 mother blank is better than me. Yeah, well, ain't 32 as dumb as you. I'm a big Cam Newton fan. But you started acting like an idiot. You started dressing like I don't even know what to call it. I have no idea. You started thinking of things other than football. Hey, that's great. Yay, rah, go fight, win. Yay. You became a fashionista, not a quarterback. Your performance stunk. Your want-to stunk. And I'm the biggest fan ever. I will tell you, Cam Newton going through that run at Auburn as a national champion was one of the most, if not the most amazing things I've ever seen with the media hounding his every move because of his allegations against his father selling Cam Newton. I've been a big Cam Newton fan, and you're right. <laughs> you're 1,000% right. There are 32 better than you. No, but there are 32 more stable. There are 32 you can count on. There are 32 that aren't trying to come into their team and make it about them. And guess what? That relegates you to pro day at Auburn. You'll get a shot. And if you come in, oh, I don't know, maybe just a little humble, willing to work and willing to lead, more importantly, because by all accounts, Cam Newton is a tremendous leader, then guess what? You got a real shot here. Hey, it's hammer time. Jason Allen Hammer covers everything he can cover. Anything in politics, he's the host of the smartest show. It is not a sports show. It is a news talk show. It's called Hammer Nigel, the number one show, mid, uh, excuse me, afternoon drive show in the country, in local markets. Jason Allen Hammer joins me next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Uh, nobody better to talk on this day right now with than Jason Allen Hammer, host of Hammer and Nigel, the number one afternoon drive show in the country. That's right. Don't at me about it either, people. Here's why. He hosts a gambling show. He knows politics better than anyone. It's not a sports show that he does. It is a news talk show, but they delve into sports smarter uh, than anybody in the city of Indianapolis and maybe across the country in news talk. Jason Allen Hammer joins me now. Does Donald Trump ultimately want to be arrested? Does he want this to happen? <clears throat> so I don't think anybody wants to be arrested. But if you think it's inevitable, then bring on the circus. And there are very few people in the history of this planet that embrace the circus more than Donald Trump. We're talking P.T. Barnum. 
maybe Vince McMahon and Donald <laughs> J. Trump. These are the three that when all hell is breaking loose, they want the cameras on them. So if, and again, this is a big if, but if he is arrested and he's taken into custody and there's a mugshot, can't you just see Donald Trump doing the perp walk where he's got the handcuffs on and he walks over to the reporters like he's doing a chopper presser and he's ripping on the fake media and the biased prosecution and the banana republic. I mean, it will be like one of his old chopper pressers when he was the president. He will find a way to become the victim out of all of this. And I'm telling you, for a guy whose campaign was teetering on whether he's still the front runner or not, if there's a mugshot, if there are handcuffs, if he is taken into custody, you will see Donald Trump's popularity skyrocket. Because just from what I've heard, and people who have interacted with our show, people who were DeSantis voters will even say, you know what, this is bullcrap. This is not what our justice system was designed to do. The feds said there was nothing to see here. And if the feds had even just a crumb, just a little bit of something, they would go for Donald Trump. The feds said there's nothing here. So why is Manhattan's court going after him? This is bad. This is not what our justice system is supposed to be about. And I think some of those DeSantis voters will say, no, this is not right. I'm going for Donald Trump. He will find a way to make this uh, some sort of gain for him, even if he's taken into custody. Um, I think this arrest is racially motivated by a prosecutor, and I think it is politically motivated by a prosecutor. You're talking about seven years ago, hush money to a stripper, which isn't really the thing that he's being arrested for. It's falsifying business documents. Misdemeanor, maybe. Felony, no chance. It's motivated by far more than the law, and that's disgusting. And look where a lot of their evidence is coming from. Michael Cohen. The same Michael Cohen, who used to be Donald Trump's fixer, that was busted for perjury, for lying. He is a convicted liar under oath. And this is the guy whose word all of a sudden is the gospel. But he's got these recordings and he's got this and he's got that. How much of what he has said is complete bullcrap? You don't know, but the track record shows that it might be quite a bit. And the former legal advisor to Michael Cohen came out and spoke to the grand jury just a couple of days ago. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, basically said, don't believe a word of what Michael Cohen has to say. And that's just not my opinion. This is a guy who has been convicted. It's not up for debate. It's a fact. He lied under oath. He got busted for perjury. Michael Cohen went away and spent time behind bars. So this is the guy. And you're absolutely right, Coach. This is 100% a political hit. Because you got to remember, the DA in Manhattan ran on going after Donald Trump. The attorney general in the state of New York, when originally was running for governor, the whole angle was, we're going to come after Donald Trump. It's not, we're going to come after murderers. We're going to go after rapists. We're going to go after people who are making one of the most vibrant cities in the world, New York City, turned into a toxic hellhole. We're not going to do that. We're going to go after Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump. This is all that it's about. And if you live in New York City, like I get you might not like Donald Trump. It's a pretty liberal area. But what are you wanting your district attorney and your prosecutors 
to do more of. Go after people who are smash and grabbing your local businesses, people who are shoving people in front of subways, drug users, sexual abusers. Do you want your prosecution team to go after them, violent repeat criminals, or a guy that might not even be the Republican nominee? Uh, it's ridiculous to me. It's petty. And every person in this country should be very careful of what's happening here because this is a copycat nation. When somebody has success doing something one way, everybody else will follow. Everybody tried to defund the police thing. It didn't work, but once that domino gets knocked over, everybody else wants to do it. So once you start going after political candidates, basically because you flat out don't like them, this becomes banana republic stuff here, and we can disagree on a lot. We can be Republicans, Democrats, whatever. We can fight all day long. But the foundation of this country has to be that the justice system is on the up and up. Well said. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. <clears throat> Top of your head, five ESPN on cameras you would cut as the latest cuts are coming to ESPN. Five. Uh, Mina Kimes being one. Um, honestly, I don't know if I could name five off the top of my head. Uh, that's how little I've watched ESPN lately. Um, all I know is the people that should probably stay. All right, let me give you that, because I don't know enough of the employees to kick them to the curb. Um, I would keep Stephen A. Smith. I don't always agree with him, Coach. Maybe you disagree, but Stephen A. Smith is no, the face of the franchise. He brings the eyes in when you have hot takes. People want to watch. That's what he gets paid for. I would keep Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt has revitalized that late night on ESPN. He talks about the gambling aspect. So you get the sports fans, you get the gamblers, you get a little pop culture. When he interviews people, it doesn't sound like a lecture. It sounds like you're hanging out in a bar with your buddies. So those are two people that I would keep. Man, after that, I don't know. I think everybody else... It's right. open. It's kind of like when you have those drafts, when new teams come into the league, you can protect a couple of people. I'm protecting Stephen A. and I'm protecting Scott Van Pelt. Uh, Colts signed Isaiah McKenzie. Where, what position and where is he from? <laughs> I believe he's a wide receiver. I have no idea where he's from. I believe he played in Buffalo for a little bit. Is that right? There you go. Uh, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> All That's right. sad, now, right? Go That's the big free a, agent pickup. Me, That's the big free agent pickup for the Colts this year. Gardner Minshew and a guy that I had to guess where he played last. I'm screaming for Lamar Jackson. Where are you with Lamar Jackson? My only concern with Lamar Jackson, and this would be such a Colts thing to do, you throw the Brinks truck at him, you give him all the money that he wants, and with the crappy offensive line that the Colts have now, he gets knocked out in week four and he's out for the year and he's never the same. That's kind of the Colts deal. So it scares me a little bit to throw that type of money at a quarterback who, one, has some durability issues, but more importantly, our line stinks. For those watching in other cities right now, I know you probably hear about Quentin Nelson and all this other stuff. This line stinks. They underachieved last year. I don't know what happened to Quentin Nelson, if he became less interested or what. Maybe not having a really good left tackle kind of exposed him a little bit. But this line is awful. Now, could Lamar Jackson be a playmaker? Would I love to see him on the Colts? Sure. But, man, I know how this is going to play out. Most of my sports fandom, my entire life, whether it's a Colts fan, 
Cubs fan. It's been big contracts given out, and then about three or four years later, you're regretting it, and you're hoping and praying that it comes to a painful end. You're a baseball guy. Your son, terrific player. Uh, I've had enough of hearing about Mike Trout. Mike Trout <laughs> is great. His numbers, fantastic. But he's not. You got to have big moments in baseball. Hammer time. You can't strike out. Hit a shot to short and make. Otani kicked his. You know what? I'm tired of Mike Trout until he comes through in a big moment. That's it. So are we going to give Mookie Betts a little of this heat too? Because the U.S. had a rally going. The leadoff hitter walked against Otani last night. Yeah. And then here comes Mookie Betts, and he hits a little pissant ground ball that turns into a double play and sucks all the life out of the room. So I'm an old-school baseball guy. I think you are too, Coach. I'm somebody that believes good pitching will always defeat good hitting. It's kind of an old thing, and I know that might not be popular now, but you saw that with the World Baseball Classic. You look at that offensive lineup of the United States, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, you had Arenado. You were bringing dudes like uh, Schwarber batting in the middle of the lineup. Uh, Pete Alonzo was coming off the bench. You know why they didn't win? Because they had trouble getting people out. No good pitchers were on this team. No good United States pitchers wanted to play for Team USA. Meanwhile, Japan um, was bringing Otani out of Hold the pen. I got to stop you there. Danny Plezak said this to me last night. Team at USA just couldn't get the best pitchers. Uh, Brands, Verlander, Cole Kershaw. Major League Baseball teams would not release them to play. He says they wanted to play. Their teams would not release them to play, which sucks. Yeah. So if I'm expected to believe this, the Angels were totally cool with Mike Trout going to play. The Dodgers were totally cool with Mookie Betts going to play, but Justin Verlander couldn't go. I agree with him. I understand why the teams are doing it because pitchers are so delicate now. If you go more than three or four innings, you have to miss three weeks of action. But, man, come on. If these guys are playing, if those guys are willing to step up and play, the biggest names in the sport, I think you got to say, listen, I am the franchise of this program. I get it but I'm going to go play for Team USA. This is a once-in-a-lifetime type of deal. And I think if you had one of those guys last night, I think you limit Japan's offensive output. Maybe they get one, maybe they get two. I don't know if they get three. And I think the U.S. wins that. Japan's damn good. But Mike Trout needs more moments. But there was no pitching on this USA squad. It wasn't bad right. last night, but it wasn't great. I want to go back to... Trump. DeSantis or Trump? Is DeSantis making a mistake or a good move firing back at Trump? And I think Trump looks like an idiot going after DeSantis. Give me your take on that back and forth. So Donald Trump's playing the hits, right? When you go to a concert and you're watching the Rolling Stones, <laughs> you want to hear yes. Start Me Up. You want to hear the songs yes. that you know. You want to hear Honky Tonk Woman. That's what Donald Trump does. He became the nominee in 16 by dishing out the nicknames left and right. We had Low Energy Jeb. We had Little Marco. We had all these nicknames. <laughs> Crooked Hillary. And then, you know, he didn't have any pushback in 2020, so he didn't have to do it. Now there's pushback. Now there's a guy in Florida that a lot of people think has the same qualities as Donald Trump, but a little less baggage. And that's Ron DeSantis. So Donald Trump feels threatened by that. 
So he's trying all these nicknames, Ron DeSanctimonious, Ron DeSanctus, Tiny D, Meatball Ron, whatever. None of them are really sticking, but that's what he's going to do. Now, Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, so far, up until the other day, I thought he's been playing this perfectly, like chef's kiss perfectly. He said, I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to badmouth another Republican. I'm busy focusing on Florida, and I'm going to focus on the policies of the Biden administration. Because technically, Ron DeSantis has not declared he's running for president yet. I think we all know what's coming, but as of right now, he's not officially in the field. That changed the other day when he was asked about Donald Trump. And this came off after a weekend where Donald Trump was ripping on DeSantis, going on Truth Social, going on speaking engagements, doing videos, ripping him one right after the other. Ron DeSantis took the bait. And when he was asked about Donald Trump's legal situation the other day, yes, he ripped on the ridiculous radical Soros DA in New York, but he also mentioned, I don't know what it's like personally to have to pay hush money to a porn star, something like that. And it was that moment, that little bit, trying to dive into the arena with Donald Trump, going down his avenue and the way that he likes to fight, that was the first mistake that Ron DeSantis has made in his main stage national political career. Because you can't do that better than Donald Trump. You can talk about how he paid money to a porn star. You can make fun of things all you want. You're not going to do it better than Donald Trump does. That's his thing. That's what he wants. And for the first time, Ron DeSantis looked a little vulnerable the other day. And there are some DeSantis people, I mentioned this earlier, didn't like what he had to say right there and said, you know what? I might be going back to Donald Trump. I was leaning DeSantis. Now I'm going Donald Trump for a guy who's been perfect and well-oiled machine the entire way. That was the first mistake Ron DeSantis made. Hey, um, last thing before I let you go. If, if you had a crystal ball and you moved five years from now, three years from now, would you say Hunter Biden is still walking around free, indicted, or in jail? Uh, is OD'd an option? Can I get OD'd at like plus yes. money on that? Like, <laughs> it's kind of yes. like when you're betting yes. a game to go into overtime. You know the odds really aren't great, but there's a good puncher's chance that it could happen. Um, I think he's still walking <laughs> yeah. around. You know, if he's not somewhere in a crack house in Detroit, he's probably walking around. Uh, as much as we love the theater of all these political hearings, the House hearings, the Senate hearings, indictments over here, indictments over there, the real reality is all of these horrible people never go to jail. None of them go to jail. Look, look at the paper trail of the money that's gone from China to the Biden family. And it's the entire damn family. It's the creepy uncle. It's the weird daughter-in-law that was the widow, then started banging Hunter, which is weird in itself. It's Hunter. It's the big guy. There's a paper trail. It's coming from China. It's there. But there's a better chance of me being the number one pick in the NFL draft this year than any of these scumbags going to jail. And that's the way that the political system works in this country. Do you think we'll see a shift from the media um, defending like this guy, it, 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 when the media doesn't no longer wants Biden to be elected in 2024, will they finally come after him? Yes, they will. And nothing will happen, but they'll come after him. 
you're starting to see a little bit of that now because the head of the Democratic Party, the DNC, had to put out a memo to people like Elizabeth Warren and other members saying, hey, we need you to stop bashing Kamala Harris so much. Again, paraphrasing, we know she's an idiot. We know she's dumber than a sack of wet rocks, but you can't be bashing her publicly. It looks bad for the brand. So the minute that Gavin Newsom is ready to run, because that's the guy, as much as they claim they hate rich white people, hot damn, here comes the rich white guy from oh. California with the slick back hair and all of his billion dollar donor buddies like Oprah and Magic Johnson, they're going to be salivating, Coach. They're going to be drooling at the mouth for Greasy Gavin, a young, decent-looking guy to come. Even though he's one of those horrible white people, they can't wait for Gavin Newsom to take the reins. And whenever he does, they're going to kick Joe Biden to the curb. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I see it coming. Hammer time? What you got in the show today? So we're on arrest watch, right? We're keeping an eye on what's going on in the Manhattan court. Another uh, witness for the grand jury is speaking today. After that, let's see what happens. Do they want to hear more witness testimony? Is this going to last into next week? Will we see some action tonight, this afternoon? We'll have it covered wall to wall three to seven. My man, there he is. Off he goes. Thank you, Jason Allen Hammer. Hammer time. Thank you, brother. a good time here. He's the best. I'm telling you, you listen to their show, it is absolutely terrific because they are unafraid and they are fun, they are funny, and they are topical, and they get it done. All right. Uh, John Morant expected to return tonight. He missed the last nine games. He missed one, and then he went on an eight-game suspension. Look, I got to tell you something. I'm an NBA fan. I like watching the NBA, but I also got to tell you, it's unfrickin' watchable. It's unwatchable. And I'm going to go back to something that we talked about earlier today. Hey, Dylan, can you put those odds back up for Lamar Jackson? I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, you know, Vegas always knows. They're going to tell you things that eventually are going to happen. You know, the old cliche, well, they didn't build those big buildings by losing. I'm a little surprised it's only 2.5 five or whatever that 2.4 to one against I would have thought because well whatever deal happens the Ravens get to match I would have thought this would be closer to five to one that he's coming back to the Ravens this surprised me a little bit I didn't say this initially but this surprised me a little bit and then it did surprise me the next two teams the Titans have Tannehill Mac Jones the young quarterback see I want to get to the Patriots for just a second. If you're a Patriots fan, are you running out of patience in the post-Tom Brady era, or is Belichick still the Gazda? He's still the Gazda. He's still on the, excuse me, he is the best ever based on his Super Bowl wins. But post-Brady, they've been irrelevant. So if I'm Bill Belichick, who, oh, by the way, is also, ladies and gentlemen, the general manager, I want a piece of Lamar Jackson's action. I want to be in the mix. Mac Jones, great. Good for you, man. Yay. You can go do what Zach Wilson said. You know, if we get a guy in here, I'm going to make his life hell. Well, okay, try that with Lamar Jackson. Try that with Aaron Rodgers. But it did surprise me looking at those odds that those two teams popped up. That tells me these two teams, those two teams, are serious people trying to win serious championships. 
the Colts, were they a serious team trying to win serious championships, would be second in this race. Nobody needs a quarterback more than the Colts. Nobody has failed in draft choices more than the Colts. Draft choices don't mean squat. You got a 26-year-old quarterback that could be your mainstay for years and years and years. You got to fix the offensive line, but at least from a payment standpoint, you certainly have paid guys, Ryan Kelly at center, 18 million, 20 million for Quentin Nelson. You drafted a guy in Rainman for your left tackle. You got Braden Smith on the right side, who's been there a long time. This should not be a horrific offensive line, but it has been. So if you are serious about your team, if you're serious about your city, if you're serious about winning serious championships, you make a heck of an offer to Lamar Jackson, and then you dare, yes, you dare the Ravens to come back and match. And if they match, hey, you took a swing. You're a serious player. If they don't match, guess what? You got a 26-year-old MVP quarterback. It's that simple. That gets to play inside, on turf, where everyone's faster. That gets to play in sunshine for at least half of their games. Or in domes, domes. So, the bottom line is, how serious are you as an NFL franchise? I've always thought the Patriots, I've always thought the Titans are serious people. You know, when Ryan Grigson was going 10-0 against the Titans, it was really magical. I mean, that's hard to do against anybody, much less a rival. But he did it, and I think that kicked the Tennessee Titans right in the backside to get them to say, let's get serious about that. Now, Tannehill has run its course, so what are they doing? They're involved. And make no mistake, the odds you see there are not only the odds that you can win betting it, but they are the odds, ladies and gentlemen, on teams that are serious It's the proof that these folks are involved. And I got to tell you, if you don't have a quarterback and you don't want Lamar Jackson, you're not serious because they don't come around very often. C.J. Stroud, man. Well, okay. All right, if you say so. But I ain't buying C.J. Stroud. I'm just not. Not yet. I'm not buying uh, Bryce Young. Not yet. He'll have great numbers. Hell, Kyler Murray, great numbers. Remember when Kyler Murray was first Kyler Murray? Everybody was losing their mind on Kyler Murray. Then he gets hurt. He becomes a pain. They got to put in a very serious thing in his contract, which is, hey, dude, get off PlayStation and start studying. You know, they rescinded it. Everybody lost their mind, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that they put it in Kyler Murray's contract told you he's not a serious guy. And they're stuck. Uh, Cleveland, stuck with a sex offender. They are. All right, when we come back, I got a what the hell Wednesday. I got a what the hell Wednesday uh, that you're not going to believe. It includes a dump on or around Bill and Hillary Clinton. It's literally the sickest story that you're ever going to hear. I want you YouTube guys to go, wait a second. I would never do this. Or you YouTube guys to say, you know what? I'd probably do that. You will not believe the story I'm going to bring you when we come back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. So you take your wife 
to Some Like It Hot on Broadway. You're sitting there, oh, I don't know, minding your own business. The lights come on, you're smelling something funky, and you look next to you, and somebody had dropped a deuce in the aisleway right by you. That's right, a deuce inside a New York theater next to Bill and Hillary Clinton. Someone, somehow, someway dropped a deuce. Now, I think that person should be, well, let's be honest. That person should be thrown in jail. That person should be thrown in jail for a long time. That is a sick person. And I'm not even talking about the fact that you, whatever BS case you want to make because it's Bill and Hillary Clinton. I don't care about that. I'm talking about some sick blank dropping a deuce in an aisle in New York City in a theater on Broadway. That person should go to jail for a long, long time. And they would let him out of jail and put him in a psychiatric ward because that's just disgusting. Not a little disgusting, not kind of disgusting, not sort of disgusting, absolutely disgusting. Like, I despise Hillary Clinton. I think they are murderous. I want everybody to know I am not suicidal. I think their daughter's a little pain in the ass. I don't want to hear from her. I think Bill is the lyingest, cheatingest, worst human being to ever be in politics. That's my thought. You can be different. But I got to tell you, I don't condone dropping a deuce inside. Now, look, uh, we all know DeAndre Hopkins, the star wide receiver, as the mad crapper. He crapped up hotel room uh, at the combine with some Rutgers wide receiver, causing massive damage. He's the mad crapper. He should have gone to jail for that. I think public inside crapping should make you go to jail or at least get psychiatric counseling. Now, people are saying, there's now, is there a more fitting symbol for Hillary Clinton's political aspirations and human feces in the aisle of a Broadway show? It's almost poetic. Mark Regal, Matt Regal on OutKick says, I can't argue that. I see what he's doing. But I have a fundamental issue with taking a deuce in a public place. I'm just saying, you guys may think differently, talk amongst yourselves. I know it is odd for me to say because it seems like I like those type things, but uh uh-uh. I don't want people to just go, what are we, farm animals? I mean, we already bring dogs everywhere. What are we, just walking around dropping deuces everywhere? No, I cannot have this. You cannot have this. We, ladies and gentlemen, as a society, must not tolerate this. And if you can't agree with that, then we can't be friends. I'll pee everywhere. I'm on, hey, look, in my world, just saying the word pee makes me go to the bathroom. But no, Uh, as poetic as it was, all right. Uh, Super book, this woman needs to come on our show. This is ridiculous. There's a woman named Taylor Mathis. She was fired from a betting site called Superbook. Why, you ask? Because Taylor Mathis was accused of child grooming for showing second graders how to fill out a March Madness bracket. I was back in Illinois for my sister's baby shower. She asked me to come into her classroom, help her out. 
Our original plan was to show the class how the scorecard works in baseball. Baseball is what I concentrate on professionally. Then I said, hey, why don't we do a bracket? It's March Madness. It can be relevant to them because it's going on now. They loved it, especially basketball crazy boys. She got accused of grooming. Her, uh, listen to this. Mathis got an email from her boss at Superbook on Saturday afternoon. She was told Superbook got an email from a gambling reform group. The group accused Mathis and by extension Superbook of child grooming. Mathis was told to delete the tweet, issue an apology, which she did through tears. They fired her. It said I was being let go and I had to delete everything about my relationship with Superbook and I cannot talk to any employers or interact with anyone at Superbook until further notice. Uh, I don't know what Superbook is, and we're certainly giving it too much publicity, <coughs> but I, <coughs> I just want to tell you what I've done with my kids. I taught my kids what a Nassau is. I taught my kids how to double down. I taught my kids how to play blackjack and double down. I told them how, I told them how to split cards. I taught them how to play poker. I taught them how to fill out brackets. I taught my son and my daughter how to press in golf. I taught my son how to read up a racing forum and bet the ponies. If you don't like it, screw you. That ain't grooming. That's teaching a man how to be a man and a daughter how to be a dude. Uh, How do I put that right? Not a dude, but taught my daughter how to have a blast, frankly. What a ridiculous, super book or whatever this is called, my backside. Get these people out of here. Get everyone involved in this place out of here. Don't follow this group. Get rid of this group. Super book employees, you should all walk out. Grooming for a bracket? Hey, man, I did it. Taylor Mathis was just doing what people have done forever. Grooming? Because she showed kids how to fill out an NCAA tournament bracket. And these idiots at Superbook are listening to a gambling reform. We had an idiot here, our favorite target, Greg Doyle. I don't like gambling. This dude, uh, he's an adulterer. He was stupid his neighbor's wife and people you see on TV, both married at the time. And yet, I don't like gambling. Okay. All right. All right. Jeez. It's unbelievable to me how the moral freaking idiots go after things and they're such fools and hypocrites for doing it. I don't like gambling, but hey, man, when that husband leaves, I'm going to slide in the back door. And I, when my wife leaves and her husband leaves, but I don't like gambling. Jeez. What a crock of crap. The whole thing. Crock o crap. Uh, speaking even bigger crock of crap. USA Today. I think this this transgender person beat out Dan Wolken for Woman of the Year, I think. Democratic rep, uh, state rep Lee Finke won its uh, honored on its annual Woman of the Year list. What did Finke do to earn the honor? Born a man. That's an ugly woman. That's an ugly man. That's like the assistants at Indiana ugly. I mean, they're side girl. My God. Anyway, uh, Finky's transgender identity, not achievement, landed Finky on the list, and she's flattered. Oh, my God, I'm so flattered. 
uh, it's so, it's a dramatic understatement to say I am beyond honored to see my name alongside the list of honorees. USA Today, the home of Dan Wolken, woman of the year, isn't a woman. Woman of the year, she's on a list with Goldie Hawn. Uh, Nicole Mann, the first Native American in space. Grace Young. I don't know the, uh, the fraud that is, uh, Michelle Obama, her light. Did you see her arms? Have you seen Michelle Obama's arms? They're just beautiful. Her light shines so brightly. Yeah. She wants a million dollars from taxpayers for the Michelle Obama walking trail. This woman is on a list of people that have actually done things. Of course, they're all liberal, crazy people, but they've actually done some things. Uh, Executive Director of Conservation Voters in Idaho, she made it her mission to protect the state's public lands. And, oh, well, hold on a second. Uh, We got a dude. We got to put an ugly dude on. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Because, well, USA Today, they they couldn't just put Dan Wolken on there. They should have. But, hey, we got to put a dude on here. Hey, anybody see a dude dressed as a chick? that we need to put on here? Anyone? Anywhere? USA Today. I mean, I wouldn't get upset about this if I didn't see the women around me think this is such nonsense. My wife is so, like, my wife doesn't get offended by anything. But she's like, what are these idiots doing? Dressing up and acting like a woman or putting whatever this is, isn't a woman. Women are a little deeper than this. Just stop with the crap. You're a hater. You're causing hate towards transgender. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I'm giving my opinion, and it's my opinion. You don't like my opinion? You do you, man. Honest to God, just talk to a real woman, a real woman who has gone through it her whole life, and see the respect they have for this or that that, uh, Mulaney character, cartoon character, walking around with a celebration at the Met of her dressing up as a woman and claiming to be a woman. Don't even at me about it. Stop it. Go away. Go away. Um, Vegas is excited about Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, the new quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. They're excited. And I mean that literally as much as figuratively. Uh, He gets free sex for life, Jimmy G does, from a variety of hotel, or excuse me, brothels. A variety of Vegas brothels are saying, Jimmy G, you come here, you ain't paying. I had a friend that gave his credit card. I think I've told you this before. He said, let me know when it runs out. He had like a $10,000 limit. About five days later, he's in a damn hot tub with three naked hookers, and they came. They said, Eddie, you got to go. He said, okay, what a week it was, though. There you go. Voted number one Nevada brothel of the year. Jimmy G, who likes porn stars, it's well documented that he ain't afraid to go on a date with a porn star. Jimmy G got a little freak in him. Rick James wrote about Jimmy G when he coined super freak, super freak, she's super freaking yow, do, 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 do. If you don't know the song, listen to it once and you'll be hooked. I introduced it to Northwest Indiana. True story. I don't want to get into it. So Jimmy G gets free the sex for a lifetime. And that stuff ain't cheap, people. Hey, you swing it with a little hottie like this crazy person to the left, 
this little lady here with daddy issues, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. It's not going to be like the high-end hookers, but it's going to cost you a pretty penny to shag with this one here. And Jimmy G gets it for free. I wonder if he has to pay tax on that. Do you have to fill it out? Okay, here's what I got. I went around the world seven times. I had, you know, uh, Susie Rottencrotch over here six times. Uh, total value about $6,000. What do you think? What do you think? We good? Do I got to pay tax on that? <laughs> Jimmy G, baby. Go get him. You know, Jimmy G, uh, other than me, very handsome. Very, 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 very handsome. Woman of the year goes to a man. So insulting. Just give it to Dan Wolken, sports writer, and be done with it. Just be done with it. All right. Uh, back in the day, and this stuff always comes out, and I just say shut up. Ken Griffey Jr., who literally made a career hitting home runs and being a good guy and being on the right side of the media and making baseball fun, but never won squat. Now he is a grand poobah. He's like Tiger Woods, right, of golf. Sit around, kids, and let me tell you my story. Well, he didn't sign with the Atlanta Braves because Bobby Cox would not let kids in the clubhouse. Good for Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox just won every year. Bobby Cox took a group. Now, they didn't win as many World Series as the folks think they should, but the fact of the matter is Bobby Cox won a division every single year. Bobby Cox won a ton of games because Bobby Cox was serious about what he was doing. I'm not going to lie to you. If I was a professional baseball player, I think it'd be cool to have kids in for a couple days. But every day, every day this sniveling little kid is at my locker because I was nice to him. That's how kids are. Hey, man, I just want to drop some F-bombs, have a scratch, pull a few plank, plank, pranks, eat the spread, talk about what happened the previous night, get ready for the game. I don't want to have to check myself around Ken Griffey Jr.'s kids. And if Ken Griffey Jr., who would have been the star in any team that he was on, if he brought the kids in, then you know they had clout and we had to act a certain way. Here's the deal. I go into a locker room. That's like, you know, what do the idiots call it? A sanctuary. That's my sanctuary. Shut up. It's a locker room. It's my place to hang, be a dude, watch Randy Whitman roll over and fart 52 times in a row. Sit there and talk about the girl you saw in Spanish class. Holy cow. Hey, we call her Ann God. Ann Bolliard, still remember her name. Her dad, Tom, is a stud, but Ann God, my God. Anyway, there you go. So the bottom line is simply this. Bobby Cox, good for you. You're a serious dude. Well, that goes against family values. I don't like you, Doc. It's you are against, you're the worst human being alive. I am. Because I want to win. I want to win on this show. I want to win every day on this show. I think about games that I've lost. I'm not here to entertain your kid. I'm not here to say, oh, hey, you want to bring your kid onto the field after the game? Bring your damn kid on the field after the game. But we're working here. We're working. We're working hard here. I don't need your damn kid sniffing around. I don't need that. I don't need that at all. Um, a couple of us... <laughs> You don't. I mean, don't get mad at me. There's no reason to get mad at me. Who needs that? 
I mean, look, when I got to Indiana, my first time, Patrick Knight was a little kid. I was really good to him. And everybody's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Do not do it. I did. I liked him. But then he would hang around all the time, and I didn't want it. All right. Be careful, coaches. Dana Altman. I didn't tell you guys I was doing this. Dana Altman was not happy. His Oregon team got beat by Wisconsin, which cost me the big parlay that I told you about yesterday, but I got another one in me. Uh, They lost 61 to 58. There was only 3,300 fans there. Now, Dana Altman did what coaches do. We should have had more fans here. All right, I mean, the guys played hard. 3,300 people. That's not good enough. If it's me, then get rid of me. If you need someone else to be a promoter, then do something. But 3,300 is embarrassing. I'm not in a very good mood, you can tell. If it's me, then make a change. Make the change. Someone will hire me somewhere. I'll go coach junior college ball. I love junior college ball. Those guys are dogs. They want to be in the gym all the time. I love those guys. 3,300 for Wisconsin. I'm disappointed. I appreciate the people who came. The 3,300 who did come great, I appreciate them. The people who have stuck with us. Again, I'm not a promoter. I'm not out in public. I don't have Twitter and all that stuff. My job is to coach. Within quit crying. If your job is to coach, then shut up. If you're not going to promote, then shut up. If you're not going to say, hey, uh, if you're not going to promote, if your job is just to coach, Dana Altman should shut up. He should. He should shut the hell up. I mean, if you're not going to promote, if you're not going to do the things to draw people to your team, then don't complain about it. Uh He should. If you're not doing what others are doing, there's other things for people to do than watch an NIT team play another NIT team, and the NIT team that you bring in plays a boring style. If your job is just to coast and shut the hell up about the fans. It's that simple. I mean, you can't say my job is just to coach, but I'm mad about the fans and I'm not going to do anything about it. I mean, I used to drive around. My daughter's head would be out and we would go to mailboxes and put flyers all around Bowling Green about our game coming up tomorrow or the next day or whenever it was. And we sold the place out when we were decent. And then when we got really good, we sold the place out with standing room around. And our idiot assistant athletic director didn't let kids in that he, quote, thought were drunk. What are we, Puritans? So Dana Altman should just shut the living hell up. If you're not going to promote and you're there just to coach, then don't worry about how many fans. I used to literally look out my window to see how many cars were pulling in. That's ridiculous. It really is. It's ridiculous. I mean, coaches are starting to give me gas. Coaches are starting to make me take a dump in the aisle next to Hillary and Bill. And I don't want to take a dump in the aisle next to Hillary and Bill. I just don't want to do it. But they're starting to make me. Smug, arrogant, ridiculous coach. Fire him. Go coach junior college. You know what? They never do. They never do. They don't. They never go coach junior college. Uh, Larry Brown, I could coach high school. Never done it. Mike Bray just turned down South Florida going into TV. This guy, he ain't going to coach junior college because he's not getting on a bus for five hours and going through the plains of Kansas. Guys are full of crap. Completely full of crap. Thank God I'm here to expose this. I don't know Dana Altman. I've seen him. He seems like a decent guy. But I don't want to hear it. All right. Who's a woke uh, dope today? 
Who we got? Dana Altman. Oh my God. This little girl. I mean, this look, look at that face. All she does is scream and use the media. What has she done, University of Helsinki? Back in the day, and you older guys will remember this. See this bald head? I bought off of my TV the Helsinki formula. You can look it up. There are two things in my day. The AIDS, A-Y-D-S, reducing plan for losing weight until AIDS, A-I-D-S, came into play, and that squelched that whole thing. And the second thing was the night commercial with the Helsinki formula. I bought it. I bought it in 1989. So that, it was from the University of Helsinki. So these idiots are still trying to pull the wool over our eyes by telling this little girl you're important. She ain't important. I want global warming. Yeah, go on a date. Get out of here. I mean, when did our world get so lame that this is what we pay attention to on serious issues? When did it get so lame that our president gets off Air Force One with a dude dressed as a chick bouncing around? When did we get that lame? The crap we worry about is amazing. And worrying about the opinion of this little clown, this media-made star, how many arrests has she had that are totally on film, Totally, totally made up so that she can continue with her brand. What a load of crap. And the Helsinki formula didn't work, by the way. It didn't work. All right, give me another one. You got another one today? Greta Thornburg. Fake Barbie OnlyFans model who murdered her boyfriend demands conjugal visits in jail. Well, when you right here, who murdered boyfriend. The next word should never follow, demands. When you murder your boyfriend, you ridiculous pos, you don't get to demand anything, nothing, zero. You want to stup. You want to throw that vajayjay around, good for you. But if I'm the jailer, I'm like a clown. And you are a clown, look at you. You murdered your boyfriend. You've acted like a complete idiot. You demand nothing. You get nothing. Here's your cell. Here's three squares. We're going to give you a TV uh, the size of my head. We're not giving you cable. Uh, Here's a bucket. Have a whiz. Good luck. Goodbye. See you when you're dead. That's it. That's it. I want to have sex. Yeah, I want to have hair. Yeah, I want to be able to see my you-know-what standing up in the shower. We all want things, people. We all want things. But we can't have them. They're not going to happen. It's unbelievable. Tell me I'm wrong here. Tell me I'm wrong, YouTube chat. Tell me I'm wrong. When it says who murdered boyfriend, the next word should never, ever be demands. Ever. 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 It just shouldn't. It should be uh, fake Barbie, OnlyFans model, who murdered boyfriend, found dead. Restricted from. Not allowed to. It shouldn't be demand. You see where I'm going here with this? Look, I don't want anybody to die, but that's what it should follow. It should never follow demands. 
You demand nothing. What do they say? You'll get nothing and like it. You ridiculous human being. You fraud. You store rejection dildo, as they said on 30 Rock. I'm getting dirty today. Thank you, Senator BS. Uh, Dan, don't throw the JJ around. Uh, Curtis Manlow says, I think that girl wears a lot of makeup. <laughs> I think you're right, Curtis Manlow. <laughs> oh, man. Gary Beatty says, you want to have sex? That's what the guards are for. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, the YouTube chat never, ever fails. Dan, you should say Putin Annie. Ruel Miller, fun day today. DB is on it. Yeah, we're on it. Look, OnlyFans models make a ton of money. My brother puts together big deals. I've told you this before. He gets a call from an agent representing three or four OnlyFan gals who make in the one to two million range, I'm going to say it here, a month. A month. And they got to put their money somewhere. They got to put it somewhere legit, right? I mean, it's not that OnlyFans isn't legit. It's certainly legit. It does have a stigma. But for hot girls doing crazy things, you make a ton of coin. And he was in a moral dilemma. He's like, yeah, I don't know what to do about this. I told him, don't let it into your operation because it's evil and it will infest. I learned that from my wife walking into a sex store in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. She's like, we're not going in there. I go, why? It looks cool. She goes, no. Evil spirits will attach themselves to us. And I believe she's right. I do. I believe she's right. And I believe in that kind of stuff. Like I said today, I need to live my life in a more Christian manner. I said today, Holly Warwick and her partner were horrendous doing the Indiana women's game against Miami. And I'm not wrong, but I kind of feel bad about that because we're not allowed to say that about female broadcasters. Every female broadcaster is great. And we should name awards after them. Yes, they're all great. Everybody's awesome. <laughs> uh, Iron Man says that our girl here looks like she had an allergic reaction to peanuts. Uh, peanut what? Peen what? Pe what? <laughs> Jennifer, who is the patron, patron, she is the matriarch. That sounds too old for Jennifer. She's the stud OnlyFans. Uh, well, not that either. Jennifer, who's awesome, says she's sitting at her desk laughing out loud. This, ladies and gentlemen, is fantastic. Yes, the queen of southern Indiana. All right. Paul George has a leg injury. Playoffs are coming. Good for Paul George. He needs to maintain his injury. Uh, yeah, I use Just Add Water Boats. Don't ask me. It's good company. Anyway, here's the deal. We're going to be back at it tomorrow. Tomorrow, it starts all over again. That's right. March Madness, 6.30, it begins. We're going to be all over it for you because, well, frankly, that's just what we do. You know Dylan and Ryan are just getting it done. You know Dylan and Ryan are studs. I mean, they're working 24-7 along with Aaron and Davey and Haley and Caitlin and our whole crew. I like having a crew. Having a crew is fun. See, the one thing about Dylan, though, he got hot betting parlays and he didn't share the sugar. Here's a rule of thumb. You get hot betting parlays, share the sugar. Actually, here's a better rule of thumb. Don't. Uh, Todd Frazier, you know the Todd father? He called me a mush last night. Called me a mush. He said, you've become Peter Mush. I'm like, I know. Because every time I tell him a bet, it goes south. 
Keep your bets to yourself. Don't tell nobody. Seriously. Don't tell nobody. It's like I kept from, nah, I'm not even going to tell you all that. Anyway, have a great afternoon. Thank you all for being here. YouTube chat, you guys are freaking awesome. Twitter folks, thank you. Thanks to everybody helping us with this show. We will be back at it. And what does Greenberg say? It's better than ever.